Welcome to Praying the Psalms with Jesus, a video series that uh, comforts us and teaches us, uh, helps us understand that when we pray, specifically when we pray the Psalms, we don't pray them alone. We always pray them with Jesus. So we've been learning that uh, Jesus has this threefold office. Uh, the shadows uh, are in the Old Testament. He is the reality, uh, the reality of prophet, priest, and king. Again, the prophet is uh, the one who focuses on the revelation of God, the proclamation of the word of God. The priest is the one who offers uh, sacrifices and intercedes for the people. And the king is the one who rules and reigns. You could say shepherds uh, the people. Now, you see this uh, reference of the king all throughout the Psalms. Uh, the majority of the Psalms are written by King David, and the promise is given to David that one day he will, uh, from his line, from his de descendants, will be the, the son of David, the king. So Psalm chapter 2 specifically speaks of a, uh, a king. It's a coronation psalm. Again, uh, from the line of David would come kings, eventually uh, the reality of all of those uh, who would rule and reign over all, have authority over all, would be uh, Messiah. Uh, we know him as Jesus. So this covenant about a king was given to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And here are the words. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 12 and following. It says, uh, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, uh, God says, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. And he is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish his throne and his kingdom forever. Um, and so the promise is given to David that uh, there will come a king and the kingdom, the kingdom of Messiah will endure forever. His throne will be forever established. So back to Psalm chapter 2. Again, it's a coronation psalm. So whenever a king was uh, uh, placed uh, in authority, uh, Psalm 2 uh, would be read, specifically uh, a psalm for the line of the kings of coming from the line of David. So Psalm 2, uh, beginning at verse 6, says, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will proclaim the decree, the decree of the Lord. And he said to me, You are my son. Today I become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And you will rule them with an iron, iron scepter, and you will dash them to pieces. So this little phrase, you are my son, today I have become your father. We're going to find that that is a direct re reference to the reality, right? The reality of Jesus. So we're given uh, insight into this by, again, scripture interpreting the scriptures. So if you've ever noticed how the book of Matthew starts, it uh, begins by saying, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right there at the beginning of the Gospels, it's saying the reality of all those promises is here. The son of David, the son of Abraham. 
uh, continue a little bit more in the book of Matthew, and you come to the baptism of Jesus, a voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love. Uh, with him I am well pleased. Uh, the Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 17. Again, a voice from heaven saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so, again, the uh, the, the shadow, uh, this is my son, that, that phrase, that, those words are uh, spoken uh, to Jesus, and he is the reality of that. In the water, on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, those listening... Uh, all of a sudden would connect, this is my son, listen to him, uh, to the promise of uh, Messiah as king. Um, in the Passion Week, Jesus stands before Pilate in John chapter 18, and Pilate asks him the direct question, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, well, my kingdom is not of this world. He says, if it, if it was, my servants would, would try and fight and prevent this arrest, uh, he says, my kingdom is from another place. And then Pilate uh, kind of snaps back. Well, you are a king then, right? And Jesus says, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. So uh, Jesus is a king. In fact, when he is crucified, uh, Pilate puts over his, his head uh this is the king of the Jews. But we're going to find out that this kingdom is different. It's different. It's not about swords and power and conquering lands and ruling and reigning in worldly ways. Again, Jesus saying, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. He has a different type of authority. Again, not of this world. He does rule and reign over all things in this world. But it is not about uh, establishing our own little kingdoms here on this earth. It is about something called the kingdom of God. Now, finally, you end in Matthew chapter 28 with a, an authority statement, a king statement. This is uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 and following. Jesus saying to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And then the promise, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So right there, we should get a little clue that this is a different type of kingdom. Again, not powers and wars and territories and riches uh, and control, but all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, and he tells his disciples, tells his church, to go and make disciples by baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, by teaching, and the promise that this King will be with us always to the very end of the age. And he puts all things under his feet. That's a... Um, that's a phrase used in the Psalms always, uh, talking about the rule and reign. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And so in the ascension of Jesus, it's really a, a coronation. Back to Psalm 2 again. Defeating sin, defeating death, defeating the devil, forever ruling and reigning, all things under 
his feet. As an earthly king sits in victory on his throne and puts his enemies under his feet, right? So Jesus rules and reigns over all. The place of authority being the right hand of the Father, uh, defeating sin and death, and now a promise to be with us always. Finally, Paul says in Philippians 2, well, God has exalted this Jesus to the highest place. And he says, you know, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, that kingdom reality, shadows in the Old Testament, the king uh, being fulfilled in Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So read Psalm 2, a little excursion there for you. Read Psalm 2. And uh, when you go throughout the Psalms, look for this uh, king and kingdom language. And yes, it is uh, promised to David, but it is ultimately fulfilled, the reality being uh, in the son of David, the king being Jesus. Again, we have this great comfort. We take heart that when we pray the Psalms, we don't pray them alone. Uh, We pray them with Jesus who has this threefold office, uh, that of prophet, priest, and king.